0: It's time for a bonus pod. Bitches, <laughs> welcome to the Fat to Fit or Else podcast. Kind of. Where we talk about fitness, food, motivation, and general angry rants from the fat man himself. Yeah. Stretch Roberts. So get ready for all of the above with a side of bacon. Here yeah. is your host, Stretch. Alright, um, not even gonna be a Fat to Fit or Else podcast today. If you saw the post on Instagram yesterday. You heard about it. This will be Paranormal Stretch Part Three. This is the final in the paranormal uh, podcast that I will be doing here on Fat to Fit or Else. Uh, If you haven't heard the other ones, if you're interested at all, it is. I'm a big ghost person. I'm really into ghosts. And I seem to have been around a lot of them in my adult life. Nothing as a child, no traumatic experiences. Uh, the first pod is about what got me into ghosts at a haunted house I lived in in New Jersey. And then the second one was about all the ghosts in the rehabs that I worked at. And then I always said, I am going to do a number three. And I didn't at the time because I was still an employee of LMU, which is Loyola Marymount University right here in Southern California. When um, I'm on the job that I'm on now, I was—I never left that job completely, but I did leave it to go work full time at L. M. U., where I was a Department of Public Safety officer on the overnight shift for two years. And you're talking about a hundred and twelve-year-old university with a lot of stories, a lot of interesting stuff, and when you work the graveyard shift and everyone is asleep and you are in these buildings in the middle of the night, you get a whole lot of weirdness going on. Now, I'm going to tell you all of my personal encounters that I had in the couple of years I was there, two plus years that I was there, and then I am going to uh, give you just some history and once this started, once I got there, because I'm like, really? Rehabs were all haunted. I worked there for six years. I had ghosted all the rehabs I worked at. Uh, if you go to Season 2, Episode 1 and 2 of Fat to Fit or Else, those are the the original paranormal ones. It's before I started Fat to Fit or Else, but I wanted to make it so people could find them. And then I since then have done 24 episodes of Fat to Fit or Else, and it is Halloween night as I record this, and I said I would get it up by 10 p.m. on Halloween night, because yesterday it hit me. It's like, you know what? It's Halloween. I should have cranked out that that third and final paranormal stretch podcast, which is my own personal experiences. So that is what I'm doing tonight on this Halloween night. If you're hearing it on Halloween, cool. If not, you're hearing it the day after, you're like, dude, it's Christmas now. Why is he talking about ghosts? Duh. Well, it's Halloween when I did it, so that's what you got, and uh, let me tell you, there is a number of reported ghosts, one very famous ghost, which we will wrap the podcast up with tonight on the campus at LMU, but there's two ghosts that no one, I, I didn't find anything on, but I know exactly who they are. I know exactly who those two ghosts are, and I researched it when I was there. Remember, I've when you're uh, uh, an officer in Department of Public Safety, you have access to all of the records of everything that's ever happened on that campus, and you log into that system because you're writing what are basically police reports about anything, about uh, car accidents, about break-ins, about theft, about lost items, about sexual assaults, about uh, assault and batteries, about anything and everything that happens. you We're run by—my uh, chief was—everyone was a cop. We were a police department, basically— on a campus, on a college campus, that's what we were, and that's how we were ran. And when you're in that at that level, and you have your clearances, you can access everything. I investigated a lot of stuff that wasn't necessarily part of my job, as more as it was my uh, uh, inquisitive mind and my ghost, uh, my, my ghost seeking. And I went into some haunted apparently dorm rooms in there and tried to talk to spirits. So we will get into all of that right now. But uh, I'm going to tell you what I know, what I saw, and what I heard. Another thing working overnights, you come across other overnight people. There's college campus. You've got 6,000 kids that live there. Now in the summertime, the kids go home. There's not very many kids on campus in the summer. Some are there, international kids, some athletes. But for the most part, that place is deserted. So you've got about three months where it's just some employees and you and it's really, really dead. You're just really looking for crime because homeless people are coming on and stealing and whatnot and, you know, doing bad things. So you're constantly patrolling, constantly walking around, and the dorms are empty. So you're patrolling the crap out of the dorms because homeless people will break into them and try to sleep in them. So I knew of two ghosts that were allegedly in dorm rooms. And I went in there and I did straight up EVP sessions. I went in and was like, tried to talk to him. I never really got any good evidence. I got one where something came through in a room that's supposed to be haunted. And I, but it literally, I, I wouldn't even waste your time with the EVP. I have no idea what it said, but I was asking it a question. Hey, who's in here? I think I even knew the name of it from uh, investigating it and, and there were deaths in those rooms and, and i confirmed that i i looked that up i ran that through the records and there were deaths in some rooms in some dorms and there's interesting stuff there but we will get into those so before i get into what what i heard and what i encountered let's first talk about the uh ghost that are on When I first started doing, I I just Googled Haunted LMU, and I found four stories from a 2013 article written in the school newspaper about ghosts. One is my very famous ghost, which we will talk about later. Another one is a Rains Hall where they say uh, a student came uh, across supernatural occurrences in their dorm room, uh, Waylon 372, And they said this was a senior European studies major. They list her name. Say there was something strange in her freshman dorm room with her and her roommate many times. Uh, They claim they saw a man behind them in the mirror multiple times. And they saw him at night just standing there in their bedroom and would vanish when they saw him. And that's uh, in Raines Hall, which is one of the dorms rooms. And when you investigate these things back, as I could do, you found, hey, somebody died in that room. It's it's interesting. A student died in that room. All right, here's a, another one. So that was at Wayland Hall. I went into the Wayland Hall, and that's where I did my EVP. I've heard something in there when I talked to it, and I was in that room. Here's what's weird about me and Ghost. I became so accepting of ghosts that I I am not afraid of ghosts at all. Grant, don't get me wrong, they'll startle you. I had a startling experience at LMU that might not have been supernatural at all, but scared the bejesus out of me because it was the middle of the night. And another night I was in one of the haunted buildings and a janitor was in there at like three or four in the morning and I almost, I it was funny, the way my body was, I, I had to punch him in the face with my left hand, so I cocked my left fist to punch because I turned a corner and there was a guy right there. Was it wasn't a ghost? There was a uh, one of the custodians, and I literally almost—if it had been—if I'd have been turned better, I would have pu- punched. I would have got him. I missed him with my left hand, and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's me, it's me. I work here." <laughs> I swear to God, I scared the crap out of me. But I was, you're walking around in a building that you know is haunted, so you're on on alert. That uh, that is a funny story from there. Here is another one from the school newspaper. A junior sociology major uh, said. She moved into her new home on the second floor of rain's hall two weeks early. And she began to see strange things at night. She said the first time I saw her, it was 7 PM and I was about to walk out of my room. I looked back to make sure my blinds were closed and there was a ghost literally standing there staring at me. She said she was translucent, average height with wild brown hair and red eyes. The ghost, uh, has dark origins relating to uh, rumors of a possible student death in 1998. Legend has it that this girl was uh, anorexic, and one night in her sleep, she slipped between her bedding, and and it goes on, and it tells the story of a student that died in that room, that like was in there for a few days before that anyone knew she was missing because it was like a long three-day weekend or whatever, and this girl died in her room. True. Someone died in that room. You look it up. You can look that stuff up if you have the clearance, and I did. So, true and true. Those two, verifiable, and you've got it from a 2013 article straight from the school newspaper. And then there's another one, a Strub Theater. Now, here's what's weird about this one. No one at my department, because I became Mr. Ghost Dude the second I got there and realized we got ghost activity on this campus, and I started having experiences... I started to immediately ask, hey, man, would you see anything creepy in this building? Hey, have you been in that building at night? Do you ever hear anything? Do you ever see anything? Like, what's going on? I ask a million questions. So one guy tells me, you know, I was in the Strub Theater. And he goes, and as I was walking through, it's one of the th- There's theaters everywhere on that campus. There is a massive uh, performing arts uh, section of that school and that I know of. I think there's four or five theaters on that campus that they all do little plays on and, you know, improv and all that stuff. And uh, he said, I was in one of those. And he goes, and it was late at night. And this dude sat down in the seats of a theater because he's on foot patrol. And he goes, I decided to take a nap. And he goes, and I was taking a nap. And some old lady was in my face staring at me. It scared the crap out of me. He goes, I jumped up and I got out of there. He goes, it was really weird. I thought it was a dream. But at the same time, I don't think it was a dream. I don't think I fell asleep. Well, uh, lo and behold, here's a story from 2006 of someone claiming the same thing. They saying they were in the uh, in that theater, and uh, October 30th 2006 article from the paper says that they there was an old woman sitting at the back of the theater watching these kids as they were doing rehearsal. And they're like, who's the old lady? And then she vanished in front of them. Also, people that are stagehands in that theater who are locking up at night by themselves report seeing this same old lady, and one of my co-workers saw this same old lady in there, according to him, and he didn't know about this article, because trust me, no one else, that department's late. The reason I left those people are lazy, lazy, lazy. It is the laziest bunch of people I've ever worked with. No one would ever investigate, and also, you're a weirdo. They all thought I was a weirdo for always asking about ghosts and uh, wanting to look around and check things out, so... Those are three that I got from the school newspaper. Now, the main famous one, and as uh, so when I tell it, it will ring a bell to a lot of you. In 1990, inside of the Gersten Pavilion, that is their basketball gymnasium. You may remember, I remember this vividly, and I remember when I got there, I was like, oh, crap, this is where that happened. There was a basketball player, and his name was Hank Gathers. Hank Gathers was maybe one of the best college basketball players in the country. At that time, LMU was a legit uh, basketball program. They were cranking. Hank Gathers was on that team, and there was two other guys that ended up going to the NBA from that same team uh, with Hank. But Hank was the leading college basketball scorer in the country of all. I'm talking Duke, UCLA, like every big school there is. The leading scorer in the country in 1989 was Hank Gathers. This guy was definitely going to go to the NBA. He was a phenomenal player. And during a game in March of 1990, he went in, had a slam dunk, turned back to play defense, was running down the court, collapsed, and died on the floor in 1990. You can look it up. This is all verifiable stuff. And... Uh, so that went on, that was a horrible, horrible thing. Ended up too. He had a treatable heart condition. It wasn't like, uh, I forget what they said it was, but, uh, you know, I will tell you what it was. There's a Los Angeles times article. And let me look for that for you right now. I'm going to go to the LA times now that we're talking about Hank Gathers. This is the Los Angeles times. If you Google, um, Hank Gathers ghost, uh, for some reason, Bill Platchkey, who's a legit journalist, Wrote this article in Christmas day two thousand and four is when they printed this article, and it is all about all kinds of sightings of a ghost inside of Gersten Pavilion after Hank Gather's passing. Now, um a lot of them say the athletes would see like a like a shadow figure back in the locker room area. There was a janitor that was new that said he was sweeping the floor down on the courts and looked up in the seats and there was a, he said, a, a a dark shadowy man standing up there and he yelled at it for it to leave and it just sat there staring at him. So he ran up the stairs and it was gone. Then the next night he came back and it was back. And another night he was in there and he heard someone dribbling a basketball. No one's supposed to be in there at night. So he went in there to get rid of him and there's nobody there. <coughs> By the way, that became a thing. Uh, kids will prop doors open there. they it, Think about it. If you could play basketball, you can go on the regular courts and the regular gym that everybody plays on or you can go into... You know, like Pauley Pavilion and play on the court that the team plays on. Same thing at LMU. The kids want to go into Gerstin Pavilion and play. So they'll all prop the doors open at night and they'll sneak in there and they're not vandalizing or doing anything bad. They just want to play basketball. Well, we got cameras in there and you're patrolling in and if that's your beat and somebody gets caught in there, you're in trouble so you patrol the hell out of it and every time I would hear basketball bouncing late at night, I would be like, I'd get to the door and I would always be like, all right, I hope This is some kids I'm going to bust right now. (laughs) You would think that because you're like, I don't want to open this door and see the ball bouncing around or get uh, ran up on by Hank Gathers' ghost. Uh, Another real good story that I have, and I wish I had this evidence to post up, but I have seen it with my own eyes. One of the guards at uh, LMU, there are the people that were the actual LMU officers, which is what I was, and then there's a contract company they get that are what you call the gate guards. They sit at the gates and let people in or out or check people in at the gates when you come on campus. It is a closed campus and you've got to have access to get on, especially at night. So the gate guards are uh, this company called Allied and they're out there. Well, this was one of the Allied officers and he came in shaken up into the office and said, you guys, I was on my break and I was going to the bathroom right outside of Gerstin Pavilion. If you are a guard gate, that is the closest bathroom to the guard shack. And it's open 24 hours a day, and it's kind of accessible from outdoors. You don't have to go into the building. It's on the outside, so when they're basketball games and stuff, people, it's right next to where the snack bar is, and it's a bathroom that you can walk right in from outside. I don't think it has a door on it, and it's this big bathroom to use. Well, he was going to that restroom, and as he passed the doors to Gerstin Pavilion, he said he saw a big black shadow figure, and it ran up right on him. And scared the crap out of him and he froze and then he said it vanished so you know wh- what do you do when you're a bunch of freaking uh, neanderthal dudes which is what most of that department was at the time you all go really let's pull up the camera and well guess what it was there what he said happened happened and i saw the video and this dude uh they pulled the video one thing we do too when when we're bored. You pull video and look at things that happen. Oh, dude, th- th- there was this. Did you see this? And then you'll go back and review, pull the video so you can see there was an accident today at this corner. And you'll go back and rewind the video and watch it. So stuff like that happens. It happens in all uh, police departments anywhere that happens. And anywhere there's security cameras that you can access, you'll check that. I did check the all the ghost videos I have on my phone that I can't show or I'll get sued are from rehab, and I pulled them from the security surveillance camera in the middle of the night because I worked overnights. So. Uh, same thing, but this, there is video evidence of the Hank Gathers ghost coming out of the gym and rolling up on this guard, and all you see is the guards stop, look in a direction, and then there's nothing, 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 and then there's about two seconds in a frame. You don't see it bum-rush him like he said he saw. You just see a giant, giant black shadow standing next to this, Then this is a little guard, little Latin guy, literally, like, Maybe five five, maybe five four, five five, somewhere in there, and then this towering shadow standing over him for just little gone, and it's gone, and but but it's there, it's clearly there. I saw it, and it was like whoa, that's pretty trippy. So that that was interesting. All right, well, those are the ghosts that we know of. Uh, the hank gathers ghost. I as I there was a guy that's the janitor of that, you know janitor they get like two buildings and the guy that was the janitor in that building i knew him was a good guy and i talked to him and he what they start doing when they're working in those buildings and there's many haunted buildings on that campus i'm going to get into more uh people just literally they will walk through and they will uh they will have earbuds in and they'll just listen to music cuz they don't want to hear you don't want to hear what's going on when you're a security you can't do that when you're security you've got to walk around and you know be alert and listen and you might hear someone screaming for help you might hear someone breaking into something so you can't just walk around listening to music and uh those the custodians almost all of them listen to music because and that's why it really is but, and I would talk to the guy that was in there all the time. He'd be, yeah, you hear the ball bouncing, you hear stuff. He goes, but nobody's ever in there. And he wasn't freaked out at all by it. Um, I never saw anything in particular, but it was funny. One night I was training a new guard, and it was a female, young uh, female. And as we got to the gym, I said, hey, just so you know, this is famously haunted, this building on this campus. And she freaked the f out and became the biggest ch- in fact she transferred to days because she would not go into that building at night, the gym where where the Hank gathers ghost is. She refused, and she transferred very shortly after that. but the next night, her and I were doing what's called lockups. You go around and check every door and you lock up and it starts at ten o'clock every night, every building on that campus is hand locked and uh her and i she was I was teaching her how to do lockups. And we were walking around and by the time we got to the gym that night, it you know, you get called away on calls and all kinds of stuff. It was about one o'clock in the morning. And she's like, I'm not going in there. I'm not gonna just this kid is freaked out. I destroyed her by telling her there was a ghost there, and I didn't even tell her about the other four or five that I know of on that campus. So she then uh refuses to go in and I tell her, Look, here's the deal. We don't have to if if we find an open door, then we have to go in and look because that means somebody might have, you know, propped that door open and gone inside. I go, we can go around the perimeter, check all the doors. And if they're locked, I'm good. Not going in, you know, the building's secure and we're fine. So she goes, okay, no joke. One o'clock in the morning, we get around to the side and we hear music and it is blasting. And I'm like, wow, one of the kids in the, uh, basketball team left the radio on basketball team is pampered at that school and they have the best locker room and the best stuff and the best everything. And they'll they blast music out of there. So I'm like, oh, somebody left a radio blasting and it's blaring out of the, the men's basketball team locker room. So I go, we have to go in there now because no kid should be in here at this hour. She's like, I'm not going in. I'm like, we're going in. So I tell her we have to go in. This is our job. We're going in. So I uh, go to the door zip myself in walk in the second I open the door music it literally it stops I put my hand on the locker room door to the men's locker room and that music stopped and then I'm like all right so now someone knows I'm coming so they turned it off so now I'm thinking there's this there's a student in there from the basketball team or someone in there listening to music go in and search that locker room. There's no one in there. The music doesn't come on. We go back out. We lock it up. Sure as crap. We came back around. The music was back on again. That was my only experience of anything creepy happening in that gym while I was there with the uh, Hank Gathers ghost. A lot of reports of people just seeing the shadow all around campus or all around the, the gymnasium. And then also a lot of reports of that ghost, um, just dribbling to basketball. People hearing the basketball dribble, dribble, dribble. That like that ghost is in there and that ghost is active. And that is a very famous case incident. Now, here are some that aren't in that story that I read you from the school newspaper. And remember that those reports were all coming from students, and students will talk and you'll hear about that. I did hear from students to one about that theater with the old lady. I heard about that, and I heard about it from another guard. There are two Uh, incidents that have happened, though, and, and the most recent article I just read to you was from 2013. The When I say the L.A. Times was 2004 or whatever it was. All right, so that was a long time ago. They wrote that article, and that's all still going on still. Well, about five or six years ago, and I looked this up too, and by the way, there were photos of it, a neighbor from the neighborhood came onto campus in the middle of the night, and proceeded to go out onto the bluffs right behind the church. There's a big, beautiful Catholic church there. There's actually three chapels there. They call the big one Sacred Heart Chapel, but it's a big Catholic church for all practical purposes. It's bigger than any chapel I've ever been in. It is huge. And uh, he put a blanket down on the ground, had a little picnic for himself, and then proceeded to shoot himself in the head and die there on the spot. He was found by... Uh, someone saw someone laying there, thought something was up, called the Department of Public Safety, and one of the officers found him. I know the guy that found him. I know two guys that were on that scene when that happened. All right, and so we talked about that, and 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 you hear those stories of things like that happening. All right, one night, I am there, and and, and you always got to EBGBs in that church, and when you locked that church up at night, it's on, all the lights on that church are automatic. You don't have any control over them. They go off at 11 p.m. It's dark. And being in that church at, in the dark, it was always weird. There were times I was in that church and I was locking it up and there's an upstairs, like some upstairs seating. You know, sometimes at the back of church, there'll be an area and I don't know if choir sits up there to sing or whatever it is, but it's upstairs from the entrance before you walk into where all the pews are and the really high, high church ceiling, there's like a... a Pretty good area to sit in at the initial entrance, but you got to walk up some stairs while I'm locking the front doors to the church. And I hear someone run across above my head, footsteps, clearly running. And I yell, hey, the church is closed. You got to get out of here. No response, no nothing. And at times, sometimes you'll hear a noise and you'll say, hello, the church is closed. And you'll hear a student go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was just in here praying, I'm going to leave. And you, you know, let them leave, let them get their stuff and then lock the church up. No harm, no foul. It's a church, you can be in there. As long as it's open, you can be in there. And, you know, having a a moment with God, no one's going to, you know, get you in trouble for that. So I'm assuming there are kids up there. I go up there and there's no one there. That happened to me twice. And then I thought, well, it must be in a raccoon and the something in the wall. But it clearly sounded like footsteps. You excuse, you excuse, you excuse. I've told this before. In paranormal world, you excuse. Come for a logical explanation on everything. Your brain insists on rationalizing anything and everything. And when something can't be rationalized, your brain cannot comprehend. That's when some people bury it and say that didn't happen or I imagined it. I'm crazy. And then there's people like me that say, no, I, I heard that. I saw that. I'm going to find out what that was. And you start digging and digging and digging. Well, uh little time goes on and I am now the main guy. On overnights, though. Well, I was the senior ranking officer. Period in that department, that wasn't uh like a sergeant or a lieutenant or anything like that. But as a as a patrol officer, I was the senior ranking ranking one at this point. And the, one of the contract officers was helping that night with lockups from Allied, and I get a call on my radio to uh, meet him at the church. He needs assistance. Immediately assumed there were students in there maybe they weren't giving him a hard time and wouldn't leave that you would get attitude from students at time and you call for backup. So there's always two of you in any, when there could be any type of confrontation, you always want backup, especially at night. And he did the right thing. He calls me there. Well, when I get to the church, he's nowhere to be found. And then I turn around in the parking lot and he's sitting in the car and I walk out and I'm like, Hey, what's up? And he said, and this guy is, um, he's a, I think he was from Guatemala, this guy. And he tells me, he said, "I you're not going to believe this. He goes, I'm not going back in there. I'm freaked out right now. He goes, you're not going to believe what happened. And then I'm like, what happened? I'm, I already am going to believe it because I've already had enough creepy things happen in there. He says, I walked into the church. He goes, the lights were off. I didn't think anyone would be in there. And when I opened the, he goes, when I came up the stairs, he goes, my mom called me from Guatemala. And he goes, and I was talking to her. And he goes, and when I opened the door, the first thing I saw was a man sitting in the back pew and his back was to me. And he said, and I immediately went, oh crap. And he said, I told my ma, he goes, I stopped. I turned my back to the guy and said, mom, I'll call you right back. And he goes, and I hung up the phone. And when I turned around to tell the guy, sorry, you know, the church is closed, you gotta go. He said he was gone. <coughs> There's no other way out. There's no way for this guy to have exited the church without the guy. So then he thinks the guy's hiding somewhere in there. So then he's freaked out and then he looks and then he can't find him. And then he becomes really freaked out when he realizes that dude's not in the church anymore and that dude didn't pass him to exit the church. And he runs out to the parking lot and calls me for backup. Guy quit a very short time later. Um, now, in a ver- I, I wish he would have stayed because I really w- would like to have compared notes with this guy at this time. One night, I'm in the church doing the lockup. I walk in, see a guy with brown hair, younger guy, and I walk in, and he sees me, and he's looking at at straight at me, and he's as solid as you or I, as a man, young man, and he is walking directly towards me, and I go, and I go, all right, and I'm not going to sweat the the guy. I see the guy. He's walking towards me means he's walking to the exits. Which are now behind me because I just came in those doors. He's going to walk out those doors. So I walk over. There's a little door that we have to open and we have to get some tool thing out to lock some of these. These are, it's a hundred and twelve year old church. And you have to have these things to lock the door. But they're in a storage closet right to the right when you come inside. Well, I have to have a special card to open that. I have it. I'm security. I've keyed everything. So. The guy now, I turn around, I'm walking back to that door, and that guy is directly behind me, and I hear his footsteps behind me. I go to the card. Now, I turn quick to the left to that storage locker, and I assume this guy's going to walk straight out the door and leave. And I dip my card in. I open the door. The thing, the tool I need is right on the ground, so I pick it up, and when I, I, I bend over to pick it up, I get the sense that there's something behind me and I turn around and that dude is right behind me like literally right behind me he didn't exit the door he is standing right behind me and I and and I look and I look at him and then I don't say anything still I still don't want to be rude to someone in a church I'm like if you're in a church and he's not doing anything other than he's uncomfortably close to me I turn around once I bend over and pick up the tool and he's gone. And so I, whoa, where'd he go? And then I run out to the front and he's nowhere to be seen walking away from the church. And there's nothing near the church. The church is a standalone property. It's the highlight of that entire property. They're very proud of that beautiful church and it's all by itself. And there's no one there. I immediately call the uh, the control room where there's someone checking all monitors on campus. And I say, Hey, pull up all cameras around the church." Uh, rewind, let me know if a male, and I give a description of him, just walked out of, this, walked out of here in the last five minutes. And they say, yeah, 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 we got him. Uh, it was about, about 12 minutes ago. He had a skateboard and he put it down. And I go, no, 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 no. The guy with the skateboard was downstairs. I threw him out earlier when I locked up downstairs. And then when I walked into the main church, because it also has like a basement with offices, meeting rooms down there that the kids use. And I threw a kid out of there. I go, no, no, no. After that, about five minutes after that, you'll see me walk into the church. And then about two minutes later, a guy should walk out. No, he didn't. I go, all right, well, then this guy's inside the church. And I went and searched the confessionals. I searched the entire church and there was no one in there. That was weird because that guy was solid as all hell. I swear I could have punched him. He got creepily close to me, never spoke, never said a word. I assumed he was leaving, but that was a weird experience too. Now, uh, another one, there is another old building that's as old as the church. There are three original buildings on that campus that are historically protected because they are so old uh, by the city of Los Angeles that they can't even replace doorknobs without a permit. It is insane what happens on, on that campus with those historical buildings. But there's another one, and at one point it was the rectory where the priests lived, and there's still about 30 priests that live on that campus They're the Jesuit uh, fathers, Catholic priests, and they live on that campus, but they don't live in the original building anymore that they did, which is called St. Rob's. One night I get a call that there was a maintenance needed to get into St. Rob's down in the whatever first floor. And I go into the first floor and I meet the maintenance guy. It's like three o'clock in the morning and he says, and I open the door for him and I go, all right, I'll, uh, you know, call us when you're done and I'll come back and lock up. And he goes, you're going to leave? And I said, yeah, I'm I'm on patrol. I, I, I can't stay in here. And he goes, I don't want to be alone in this building. This is a full-grown man. And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, last time I was in this building, he goes, I was in the basement. And he said, I'm working. And a priest walked by me. And he goes, and I thought it was weird, the, his outfit. He was wearing this long, long robe. And he goes, and I go, that's weird. And he goes, and he walked down the hall and he opened an office and he went into that office. And he goes, after a few minutes, I thought, this is weird that a priest is in this building at 3 o'clock in the morning. And he goes, so I walked down there to see if everything was all right, and he wasn't there, and there's no exit down there. He goes, he's gone. He goes, and the more I thought about it, he goes, It wasn't. he wasn't a priest from this era. And I go, that's weird. And when you look around, when you go into the area where the priests live, they have all these beautiful historic photos, and there are a lot of priests that wore they wore these long, ga- and they were their regular clothes. Like priests now wear the little suit with the collar, they wore in the olden days. Literally, they were like a. It was like a black robe that went all the way to the floor, and they wore it. And that's exactly what this guy described. And there's pictures of a lot of those priests wearing those from eighty years ago or more, and uh, that was cr- weird. Now in that same building. Uh, people said this was a technical glitch. Never saw a ghost, never heard anything in there. But, man, you would be down in the basement at night where that guy saw that ghost. So I'm on edge because I know there's a ghost down there. There's also an underground tunnel that connects that building to the building that the priests live in now for some reason. And it's hard to access, but I had to go down there by myself before, and that was creepy. Um, and I'm walking through that floor. And shocking a hundred and something-year-old building, and it does have an elevator in it, but the elevator's old as hell. And when I'm walking, the elevator door, when you walk by it, just opens. And it happened to me and it scared the crap out of me. Because anytime, anywhere in that building, the way it is, you have to hit the button, the elevator comes. Even if you take the elevator down. And it opened up, and I was in the basement, and I was working. The door would close, and when I would come back, I'd hit the button, and then the door would open. It wouldn't have to come, but it would open the door, and I would get in. The fact that the elevator door was opening every time I walked by it, it was freaking me out, and that scared the crap out of me. That happened a few times. Somebody said it was malfunctioning. People were writing that off, but a lot of guards were spooked by that because everybody heard the stories of a ghost in uh, that building as well. Uh, One other ghost that is in another theater. There is a theater there called the Del Rey Theater. It's in a weird spot back in the back. And this is another ghost that is very modern day because there was a student and I looked this up and I know the guy that found this body that committed suicide in the parking lot. Think about this. You were at a college campus. You have a lot of kids. You're at a very, very expensive college and I can tell you, uh, uh, I don't want to blow the lid off any confidential anything, but I there were a number of suicide attempts while I was there. Thank God there was never a successful one. But kids get into a school like this. Your parents are putting the heat on you like, do you how much money I'm paying? my! And then now all of a sudden you're flunking out. Imagine that. Imagine that pressure. You're like, these spoiled kids, they get to go to this really expensive school. No, imagine you're not a spoiled kid and you get into a really good school and your parents are paying more than they can afford because they want you to have the best and they're putting you through there and now maybe you're flunking out or maybe you're on academic probation or maybe it's really, really hard and you're not ready for it and here you are. A lot of kids will try to kill themselves. A lot of kids stress out. A lot of kids have anxiety attacks. There's a lot of things like that that happen from the pressure these kids are on. And and you want to, uh, you little spoiled brats, and you want to you blow that off. But it's a very real, very true thing. And there are a number of students, and I don't care what campus you're on, where there have been suicides on that campus because kids can't handle it. Or they get there and have some type of emotional meltdown or a relationship falls apart. They feel alone because they're not with their families, and they kill themselves and a boy killed himself literally right outside of that theater. Now, one night I was with the scary girl who had quit and went to Days, and we were walking, and after I told her that, every building we would come to, if she saw an employee of any type, she'd say, hey, is there a ghost in here? Tell me. And then they will start spilling their beans. If you walk up to someone that works late at night on that campus, well, one night we came across some kids, and she said, hey, is this theater haunted? And they said, no, the Delray Theater is haunted, and everyone talks about a ghost in there. And no one knows, but I know because I know the story. And the story is that a kid literally right behind that killed himself in his car, right behind that freaking theater. The parking lot's not haunted, but that theater is haunted. And if I had uh, uh, was a betting man, I would bet all the money I had that the ghost in that theater is that kid that killed himself because... Spirits do not just cross over to the other side after a suicide, I believe. I believe they are stuck here. They are landlocked. And I know there's two ghosts on that campus that are suicides and they are recent in the last six years or so, both of them, and they are active, both of those. One is in the church and it is that neighbor, I believe, and the other one is in that Delray Theater and that is a former student that killed himself literally right outside that theater in his car. So those other stories I read from the school newspaper; those are the reports. I didn't have verifiable accounts on any of those. Uh, one other one that is alleged to be haunted. It's an interesting building. It's the building right up the front. They call U-Haul. It was built by Howard Hughes, and that's where he ran Hughes Aircraft from. And he had a love-hate relationship with the university. The university was there first. And then, like I said, they've been there 112 years. Hughes came in later and bought up all the land around him. And in fact, he did that on purpose to screw the university because they built, they have a giant clock tower next to the big, beautiful church. And Hughes came and asked them to tear that down because he was building a runway behind that. Remember he was building planes for the war effort and the radar wouldn't work. And he said, take it down. I'll pay to take it down. And the priest that ran the school said, blow it out your ass. And Howard Hughes said, you will never expand beyond the land that you have. I will buy everything around here and I will make sure you never own anything else in this entire area. And he did that. But the school outlasted him because he died, what, in the 1970s or whatever that was? And when he died, um, the university not only got all the land they wanted, they got his building. And that building is a weird building. It was built by weirdo Howard Hughes. It's got underground tunnels in it and... When you patrol that building at night, you constantly, constantly hear doors open, open and shut. You're in a locked-in. The building is the size of a shopping mall. It's about four stories high and all night long. Now, people sneak in there. You find homeless people in there all the time. They'll come in while it's open, go into a classroom, shut the doors, and sleep in there. And that happens a lot, too. So I don't know how much of that is paranormal and what isn't, but people are always got the ebgbs in that building because they are running around by themselves at night and there is allegedly spirits in there. I don't have any personal accounts other than that's the building I was walking through when the three o'clock in the morning, there was a maintenance guy in there and I turned the corner and he walked into me and I tried to punch him in the face. Cause I literally, th- I thought I was being attacked by a homeless person. I didn't think it was a ghost, but, uh, uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. You were on edge when you were somewhere where you think there are ghosts, you believe in ghosts, and then you're walking through it and then someone comes around a corner and walks into you and it's about 3.30 in the morning. Uh, fun times, but that is all of the ghost stories I know, but those are legit and verifiable and can all be researched. I told you what I know, what I saw, what I heard from the other guards, and uh, that is my story of the hauntings at Loyola Marymount University, which is right over by LAX here in Los Angeles. It is Halloween. It is time for me to go. This has been a long pod. So I'm going to go ahead and kick up out of here, but, um, love the comments, anything, uh, they'll post this up. You can check it out and get at me on Facebook or Instagram, and I will be back. Um, the next time you hear me, I'll be doing a fat to fit or else podcast. I got to give you the update on, uh, the challenge. Remember I had the October challenge and that expires today. So we are going to get into that. It's not a great ending on, on this uh, Fat to Fit Challenge because no one's going to like I don't like it. No one's going to like it. But I will address that in the very next podcast. So hope you guys had a great Halloween. I will talk to you again probably next week. All right? It's stretching off. See you later.